Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. Welcome to another episode of In the Pen, part of the Pitchless Podcast Network. I'm your host, Callan L. Slager, and today, as always, I am joined by my friends Jake Crumpler and Rick Graham. Guys, thank you for holding the fort down for me last week while I had a little bit of an absence, but but it's good to be back. And uh, like you see, last week, you guys talked about the players we were right about. So, of course, I'm going to come in and put a little damper on the show, and we are going to recap some of the guys we were wrong about going to season in go through the process and just see if there's any takeaways we can take towards the 2024 season or the off season as we start prepping for next year. But it's fancy playoff time. How's your, uh, how's your playoffs going? Uh, they're, they're going, I'm actually doing, I somehow, as I was just talking about the pitcher list, uh, legacy league, I somehow snuck into the sixth spot and I'm, you know, in the semifinals right now, have looking pretty good to to make another finals appearance. So that's going well. And you know, the one big money league I'm in, um, in my home league, I'm still in none of that too. So it's yeah, it's actually 
you know, both teams kind of snuck in, in in sixth place. But uh, all that matters is in head to head leagues. All that matters is the playoffs, right? I guess. Yeah, I mean, the PL Staff League is the only league that I have playoffs in. Everything else is either uh, a full season points league or a roto league. So not super worried about it, especially in the staff, ooh. the consolation bracket. So fighting for seventh place or something. Yeah, and <laughs> not something I'm super worried about. But, you know, doing well in my season long leagues, especially the 15 teamers on the NFBC platform. So I feel good about that, even though my little brother is going to beat me in our home league by quite a decent amount i'm gonna lose a, a pretty large sum of money losing to your brother is never good at telling it from someone who's lost to my brother in some fantasy matchups in the past and it's not fun he will not let me hear the end of it uh, i'm still alive in my two main home leagues uh league with friends buddies from high school and some people from college uh, and semifinals battling for a championship spot so it, it's the fun time of the season and uh you know, like I said, we're always looking out to try and get you that advantage. But like I said, this week we're going to talk about some of the guys we're wrong about. But there was an interesting week on the injury front in the middle of September. So we'll start off there. We lost a couple closers to some injuries. But first one is Adbert Azalai. He was placed on the 15-day IL with a strained right forearm. That's, it's extremely disappointing with how he's been pitching for the Cubs and mm-hmm. all the hype we've been giving him over the past couple of weeks in terms of the guy for Chicago. So... As the season wraps up, the Cubs are still fighting for that playoff spot. So who do we see taking over for Asli? Is it a committee? Who Who's the lead go-to guy for the Cubs moving forward? Uh, it could be some sort of committee, but it's if it is, I'm guessing it's going to be led by uh, Julian Merriweather just because he saw a save on Sunday. He kind of has been the guy when Asli hasn't been available that they've leaned on in the ninth inning when needed. So. They trust Alzale. I know Fulmer came in and got a save in his first game back, but that's also because Merriweather had pitched the previous three games. So I, I think it's Merriweather, then Fulmer, then Leiter Jr. in that in that order as far as um, who you want to add. And you know, this is at this point, this time of the year, even if it's only a 15 day absence, that's pretty much you know that, that might bring you to the end of the year, depending on when your your season uh, your your league ends. So Merriweather, you know, worth a shot if you if you want to get some some uh some extra saves and he's you know he's been pitching really well for the most part since you know his first week of the year so he's uh definitely someone to look to add right now you really think fulmer over lighter jr um i'm i'm I'm, maybe that's just based off the usage the other day when uh, lighter jr should have been available but maybe he maybe he he didn't pitch in that game but he should have been available it's kind of weird um I don't know. They seem to really like Fulmer, despite him being really up, like rocky and just like very up and down this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They haven't really turned to lighter. I wonder, I wonder when lighter's last save opportunity was because he, he did get those chances early on, and then Alzale took over. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the the timing is so weird because it, it did seem like lighter and Alzali were the two members of a closer committee for the first few months of the season. And then whenever Alzali needed a break or, or he was down for a day, it would be lighter junior filling in. So he does lead the mm. team in saves outside of Alzali. So it was really interesting to me that he set up for Merriweather in that first opportunity. And the craziest part about that, about lighter setting up for Merriweather, uh, on that, that first save without Alzali was that that was Merriweather's third day in a row pitching. So like they really <laughs> forced him out there. And I think it is clear that Merriweather has been the best reliever in the bullpen. Uh, the ERA is very close, but he does trump the rest of the bullpen and strikeout rate. He's up at 33%. So that's really good. Um, but I just that usage leads me to agree with you that Merriweather's first. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting that they went with Fulmer just coming off the IL uh, with lighter pitching just on on one day. Like he didn't pitch multiple days mm-hmm. in a row. So that'll be interesting. I went ahead and like picked up lighter junior right away in the league that I have Alzali because Merriweather wasn't available. Um, and now I, I'm, I'm starting to debate whether I should drop him for Fulmer because I don't really want to hold both of them, especially if Merriweather ends up being the guy. But this is definitely a situation to watch. I, I feel like it's probably going to be Merriweather, just given that three days in a row for the save. But yeah, I, I, I don't. It's, it's hard to tell who's the second guy I, here, if it's Leiter Jr. or Fulmer. I think Leiter Jr. is at least a safer option where, I mean, Fulmer. Fulmer, it, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I, even it, maybe neither of them get 
saves maybe just just Merriweather from here on out so then mm-hmm. if that's the case i'd rather have lighter jr anyway so i don't yeah i don't test that uh technically like disagree with rostering him over fulmer right now sure yeah monitor that situation closely so like you said they're gonna be in a lot of close games down the stretch they're battling for a playoff spot and it's been fun they've had a very fun season and the other closer loss from this past week is kenley jansen he was placed on the COVID il which honestly i kind of forgot was still a thing because it was still hasn't been really reported on we haven't heard of any cases i don't think we've said it once yeah yeah we said it once this year yeah and i believe someone else was just placed on it too for um, the reds had a bunch of guys yeah reds okay yeah i knew it was some something going on but so yeah he'll be out i believe the minimum is seven days um so monitor that closely we've talked about it all in the past who knows how long it's actually going to be whether it's serious case minor case all that same stuff we talked about back in 2020 2021 comes back in the play here but while the red sox currently are battling our yankees trying to not finish in the last place in the division um they're gonna need to replace Jansen. He's been pretty productive in terms of saves. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible. Who Rick do you like best for the Red Sox pen for for next week or so? Because like you said, if it's a week of the season, that's about mm. half the remaining season. Is there anybody in that Red Sox pen that's a priority ad for you? It looks like Chris Martin's gonna be the guy. He was warming up today when in the bottom of the eighth when the Red Sox were up two nothing, and then they, they went on to score three runs in the bottom of the inning. So. Martin still pitched the ninth. He didn't get a save, but he probably will be the guy. And it could be the. I mean, it could be the rest of the season. I don't. Jansen's been dealing with other things as well. It's not. I think there was speculation that it might have been something else even before we found out it was a COVID IL. So, you know, nothing to play for. And now, you know, who knows who's going to be running the ship here next season? So they might just shut him down and just you know, they have a bunch of other arms they kind of need to evaluate here. So. Uh, I think Martin really is kind of could be a sneaky ad right now. I, I still like Merriweather better, but uh, Martin is right behind him as far as, um, you know, these late season closer speculations go. Yeah, he's been really good this year. He does have an ERA of 1.14 through 47 and a third innings, and that's very impressive. The strikeouts just aren't really there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Schreiber could also steal some saves from him. We have seen him get a save recently when Jansen was down, but I think Martin was still on the IL too. So that that could have mm-hmm. been a case of just the the best available guy there. But yeah, the, the way that Martin's pitched this year, he definitely deserves the opportunity to uh, close out some games there. Yeah, and, and the Red Sox were not the only team in the ALEs. We have the Indrug will rack up the last couple injuries and see if anything means anything for us fantasy-wise. Jonathan Loisigo is placed on the 15-day IL with right elbow inflammation. Odds are that's the season for the Yankees. Like you said, it's a short turnaround for the remainder of the season, and he's had uh, arm injuries early in the season. Hopefully, it's nothing too severe because he is an extreme weapon for my New York Yankees. Austin Cox, season's over, sprained left ACL. And TJ Antone is placed in the 15 day out of right elbow discomfort for V Reds. Mm-hmm. Anything to take away for any of those um, injuries and anyone benefit? Um, I don't, you know, the Anton and Luiza, I mean, both those injuries are, you, you'd hate to see it type injuries with those two guys yeah. who are just like, you know, Antone just came back and. Mm-hmm. It, from like it, a, a one and he, a half year absence yeah and i i heard his he him talk in the locker room it sounds he think it, it thinks it's gonna it's nothing serious but still it's you just hate to see that when he just came back and started mm-hmm. throwing again um same i mean the wise guy hasn't pitched on a lot this year either so hopefully again with him too it's just uh just precautions since he you know the yankees don't need to run him out there right now you know not not in the playoff chase so um. Yeah. Both both those guys hopefully are healthy for next season. Yeah, Loisaga had been getting a lot of holds before going on the IL. I think he racked up uh, five in just seventeen appearances. So he'd only been around for uh, a month and a half or two months or so. So we'll probably see more holds for Tommy Conley and uh, Wani Peralta and. Even more so because Michael King is in the rotation now. So that leaves a lot of opportunities for them. And Keenan Middleton's on the IL. So I think Canley and uh, Peralta are going to be getting the majority of the opportunities there. It's so weird seeing Michael King as a starter. I feel like it's what mm. Yankee fans had like, talked about all the time. It's like, oh, he has such great stuff. Put him as a starter. And it's like, no, he's been such a dominant bullpen arm. And now I actually watch him as a starter. And I kind of want him to stay out there. He's been, he's got the stuff for it. So. 
Uh, we'll see what happens going into 2024, but that's just been a lot of fun. But I would agree in terms of that, Canely and Peralta are the biggest beneficiaries. Or who knows, considering what they did in the doubleheader the other day, we could see an uptick for Anthony Mizuwitz and Zach Gallister. Savage, excuse me. <laughs> Sammy, I should I should know how to pronounce my guys. That's, that was the weirdest game ever, seeing those four relievers uh, coming in and saving right. against Boston Red Sox in September. Exactly what we predicted going into the <laughs> season. A lot of transactions and just a couple of note. We'll run through those and uh, get your fantasy impact after that. We talked about Michael Fulmer at the beginning of the show. He was activated on 15 day IL. He's going to play into this mix for the Cubs. Uh, ben Joyce activated from 60 day IL after ulnar neuritis. Brad Broxberger also back for the Cubs after a strained right forearm. Eric Swanson activated 15 day IL for the Blue Jays. A much needed boost to that pen as they battle for a playoff spot. And Tim Hill, Tim Hill, excuse me, activated from 15 dial of a sprained uh, left ring, left ring finger. So any of these injuries, any of these activations, something you're monitoring closely for fantasy. I know Fulmer's likely the biggest one because he's actually in a potential save committee. But any other ones that are worth keeping an eye on down the stretch? I think Swanson definitely for holds leagues. He's um, one of the best set up man in baseball and it's good to see him back after a very short absence. I w- we talked about that when he went down like what is a thoracic spine infl- like what is that type of injury going to look like? <laughs> hey, we did uh, some good research. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like it was relatively minor thankfully. Um and also good to see Ben Joyce back in yeah. um throwing 100 miles per hour again. Hopefully, you know, that's going to be a big name to watch next year if he's if he can stay healthy and you know, Carl, they still have Estevez on a, on a one-year deal um, for next year, but who knows? Maybe he gets traded, and maybe that opens something up for Joyce to take over some saves. Yeah, I hope they go easy on him because I'd like to see mm. Joyce pitching healthy for the full season next year. I think he could be uh, one of the top guys in that bullpen for sure. And I, I echo your thoughts on on Swanson coming back. He is second in baseball and holds and that's with this extended absence that he just had. So hopefully he comes back and he pitches like he was before the injury. Cause this guy's a super important part of that bullpen. I think the rest of them are, are more depth guys, uh, but they have been out for a while. Tim Hill was, uh, is uh, quietly a, a solid guy in the, in the bullpen. Did he go back on the fit? No, that might browser's just not updating um brad boxberger though out for a while and he's back i remember when yeah. we were considering him for the closer role uh in the off season and and boy was that a long time ago he tossed just 15 innings this year um but yeah he's still kicking yeah it's gonna be an interesting stretch hopefully it uh, works out i'd love to see, like I said, i'd love to see ben joyce back and we're gonna talk about one of the guys we were wrong about with Steves, but it would not shock me at all if uh Joyce comes into 2024 as a sleeper uh, closer candidate and someone that we uh, he could be our, our new guy going next year. I have mm-hmm. this weird feeling that he might be maybe not our Pete Fairbanks, but another one of our late guys that we're just uh, going for. But we're going to take a quick break and then come back with some of the risers and fallers in the ranks. Before we do so, just a, just a reminder as so we get to this playoff push for PL Plus and PL Pro. Uh, we're down to the final stretch. We got playoffs coming up. Everyone's looking for that edge. It's just one of the most active parts in our Discord. As a reminder, with PL Plus, you get access to not only PLV, not all the other perks that come with PL Plus, but you get access to our Discord, which includes all sorts of baseball content, every single possible thing under the sun, general relief pitchers, starting pitchers, hitters, questions about anything fantasy baseball, but also fantasy football. I know, Jake, you're not a football guy. Mm. You know what I, I am. I am on the, the QB list show, but we also have a general QB, a PL Plus Discord, PL Pro. Also includes access to the QB, QB list portion of Discord where we have weekly start sit discussions, uh, trade questions. The conversations in the general chat during Sunday games is incredible. You get anyone gets hurt, it's in that Discord in 30 seconds from the injury. It's insane. It's a lot of fun. So, and also it's just. Everything under the sun, movies, TV shows, music, all of that other stuff. So if you are not part of the QB list Discord or the PL Plus Discord, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's been a great, it's a great community and a lot of fun. So I would definitely recommend it as you try and get the edge over your league mates over these past uh, two weeks. And also as we get closer to the end of the MLB season, 
Uh, Nick has been doing a lot of uh, awesome content over on playback.tv slash pitcherless. All you got to do is link up to your cable or MLB.tv account and you can watch the game live with Nick or whoever he has on as a guest and just chat football or chat not football, baseball. So it's a lot of fun. We know during the playoffs, while we might not get the Cole Reagan starts that Nick's been raving about, he'll be on there, I'm sure, fairly often just to watch games and hang out with the fantasy baseball community. So it's a lot of fun. I'm sure he'll have bring on lots of guests, guests to talk about this stuff. So would definitely recommend checking those uh, those out as we get closer to the end of the season. Well, we said we'll take a quick break, get back with some of our risers and followers. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope and Y. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. All right, now that I am done talking and uh, talking about some of the latest things, let's look at our rankings of risers and followers from the past week. Like I said, these guys are going to be possibly some difference makers over the past next week or two as the season wraps up. So, Rick, let's kick it off. Who is the biggest riser in the past week? Yeah, I went with um, Tanner Scott just because it's um, obviously it's clear now that he's the closer there. There's not there's no competition. Um, David Robertson's a distant afterthought at this point. So now that Scott's got the role, I mean, he's been awesome since August. Um you know, as a, he's yet to allow an earned run actually since August, uh, as a as a, a point seven four whip over that span, twenty eight point one percent K to walk rate. As he's really improved his command and his c- control and command, he's not, you know, he's not walking people anymore. He's able to spot up his fastball better than he has in his career. Uh, has five saves over the past fifteen days. So yeah, it's it's really. He, now that he's closing and he's continuing to pitch as he has pitched all year, he's, you know, I, where did I put him? He could easily be considered a top five closer right now, I think, with just, yeah, I had him, I have a number five because the Marlins play a lot of lo- low scoring close games and that benefits him. And he, he does have, I mean, they still have Puck and Nardi in front of him. So they're, they're not going to blow games late. Uh, so he, he'll have plenty of opportunities the rest of the way. And, you know, and so definitely someone to uh, look at for next season. Uh, you know, it's so if you're already out of the playoffs, looking towards 2024, Tanner Scott. I'm sure he's going to be rising up ranks like crazy, but I, I think right now he's probably very undervalued. Yeah, and and I think there's probably a lot of people that are just now learning about him because yeah. he was really good for a few months before he finally took over this closer role. And we talked about him for a while, but he's been one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball, super effective. And it's because he's cut down on the walks. That's allowed him to keep his whip down, avoid base runners when he does uh, inevitably give up home runs or, or uh, allow base hits, but he's been really dominant recently. It's crazy looking at this Marlins bullpen to see four different left-handed pitchers with strikeout rates north of, north Mm -hmm. of 30%. That that's just unheard of. I mean, lefties in general are difficult to find let alone good lefties let alone good strikeout lefties so that's uh it's pretty crazy what the marlins bullpen has been able to do with uh left-handed relievers so uh <laughs> I-, I wonder if there'll be a team that'll be looking to trade this offseason but mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, beside the point tanner scott's been really good this year for a long time and now that he's the clear-cut closer i think he's some a guy you can trust and i think everything you said about where the Marlins stand as a team and, and how their, their games are played, their low scoring offense is going to be tight games. I think that gives them plenty of opportunities down the stretch here. I feel like we've been talking about the Marlins making a trade with pitching for the past <laughs> 10 years. 
Ben that's never happened. I hope they do it because we want the Marlins to be good, but I'm going to believe him. See, yeah, he's very good and uh, he'll continue to rise up. It, he overtook AJ Puck and it's well, well deserved. So, Jake, over to you. Who is your biggest riser from the past week? I'm bringing Alex Lang back. It's uh, it's yeah. been a weird last <laughs> couple of months. Um, he he really struggled for for a while, mostly with his command. Just started walking the whole world, and he started to drop off. And then he eventually lost the closer role, but it was for a very short period of time. It was like a week, maybe two, that he didn't have the closer role. And that whole time, Jason Foley was was out on the IL until the very end. So there was never really like a clear closer for a while. Um, and then I started getting in on all the Jason Foley shares. I think I got him in a couple of leagues. And then as soon as I did that, he yeah. stopped being the closer. Alex Lang got put back in there. Um, finally figured things out in, in terms of his, um, in terms of the walks. I mean, they're still pretty prevalent, but yeah. he's been able to work around them somewhat since the be, he, he started off August, like terribly. He had three straight appearances where he walked at least three batters. But if you go uh, to like mid August from the August 16th through the middle of September, he's walked just five guys in 13 innings. That's a, it's a huge improvement. The strikeouts aren't really there, but you can see it in the results. He's got a 2.08 ERA in that time. He does have six saves. So it looks like not only has he gotten the walks in check, he's got his control back under control, but he also is getting those save opportunities, which is what you hope to have in a, in a guy that's, uh, playing for a team that's as bad as the the tigers but yeah it looks like alex lang is back yeah he's i mean since foley's last save he's got six he has six saves of, of for himself lang so he's they out they're, they're trusting him down the stretch which is great to see and yeah walks are still a little bit a little bit of an issue but even you know over that 10 uh, that stretch where he, you know since foley's last save lang has an era of 2.61 whip of 1.06 so you know it's it's fine. We'll definitely take that. And um, the strikeouts are still there. They're still, you know, at least striking out a guy per game pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see and this is where where he falls kind of in ADP for next season because there's there's a ton of upside there. There's, it's the, one of the more high risk, high reward closer options, I feel. But, um, you know, it, it's good to see. Hopefully he ends the season on a good on a high note and, you know, we don't really have too much talk next season as to you know who's going to be closing games, him or Jason Foley, because I think Foley, you know, he's he's pitched great this year, but he doesn't strike anyone out, so that kind of that limits the excitement for me when it comes when it comes to like cl- talking about closers. I want someone who can yeah. uh, rack up saves as well. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's been very. It's nice to see him back because we were kind of you know at the beginning of the season he was awesome when he fell off and Foley was taking it over. It's good to get him back into this track and knowing the Tigers, who the heck knows what's going to happen going to twenty twenty four. But he's become someone you can rely on down the stretch as the Tigers continue to uh, to battle for just you know the respect at the end of the season. So uh, final guy I want to bring up and it's not too much more to add from him because he's really hasn't lost his job all season, but David Bednar, he's picked up a couple saves uh, since we've last spoken and there's no competition. It's just a reminder that David Bednar is still very good. Who moved up four spots up to 12 in Rick's ranks. Same thing with Tigers. The Pirates are playing a little bit more respectable ball down the stretch here. And just a reminder that David Bednar is still uh, very, very good. Yeah, I was kind of, I was a little bit concerned at the end of August thinking maybe, you know, Bednar had slowed down a little bit. Maybe they would shut him down early just to limit his limit limit his innings. But he's he had a huge week last week and uh, still throwing the ball well. So yeah, he should be. It looks like at this point he should be able to finish the season strong. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing that has him rising up is that he's just racking up the saves like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we 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 talked sort of. Uh, a little bit a couple weeks ago about Azulay leading the majors in saves in the second half, but David Bednar has come out of nowhere, surpassed surpassed both him and Kyle Finnegan, uh, and he now leads by two. He's got 17 saves since the All-Star break. Oof. Next is Azulay with 15, and then Finnegan with 14, and Azulay is now on the IL, so it looks like Bednar might be able to run away with the league lead in the second half in saves. There, There is a little bit of concern with his performance. His ERA is jumped from 1.27 in the first half to 2.81. The strikeouts uh, 
haven't been as good either. He fell from 29.8%, just about 30% to 24.5%, and his walk rate has doubled. So I, I think the peripherals and the results have not been as good, but because he's making up for that with tons of saves, I think you got to be pretty happy with the success that Bednar has been having in the second half here. And with the risers, we got to go over to some of these fallers from the past week. And these might be more interesting ones to talk about as we get towards, like I said, this middle of September, only a couple of weeks left in the season and see how concerned we actually are. And we'll start with you again, Rick, who's uh, someone you're getting concerned about over this, uh, this final stretch of the season. Um, I, I'll talk about Yenny or can, uh, Yenny can cause it, Really, you know, it started off. He was having a great August, and really, I was, I was kind of buying into like, oh, maybe, maybe he's back to his early season ways of just being a dominant reliever who doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but you know, gets a lot of weak contact and whatnot. But um, September certainly being a, di- a different story for for Cano, and um, you know, I wonder now. It looks like Batista, Felix Batista, might have a chance to return here, so. Uh, that hurts Kano's value a little bit. Um, he, he is lucky. I mean, Fujinami hasn't pitched. He's, he's been all right, but he hasn't really done anything to take the job away from Kano. Um, so I think Kano is safe for now, but it's, you know, I don't think he's a top 20 option to, the rest of the way. I think he's, you know, more of a desperation back end. You know, I need saves to finish off the year type option because there's, there's a, there's some, some flaws here that are starting yeah. to show. And and that's crazy to say, given how good he was to start the year and how good the Orioles are this year, how many uh, opportunities yeah. they're going to be giving him. But mm-hmm. I mean, you were right about how good he was in August. He did not give up a single earned run in the month of August across 12 innings. He also walked just one batter while striking out 12. And then in September, he's already given up four earned runs in three appearances. He has not struck out a batter across those three innings as well. So definitely concerning, especially from a guy who looked like he was finally figuring out the strikeouts again in August. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, the the lack of competition there is likely holding on, helping him hold mm-hmm. on to that closer role. But yeah, it'd be awesome to see Felix Bautista come back, not to get Cano out of that closer role, but just because uh, I feel like really boosts the Orioles chances in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I'm all for uh, the back end of the bullpen, having Bautista back and seeing that entrance in October like that oh, would yeah. be absolutely awesome seeing october baseball in baltimore speaking of uh music speaking of entrances have you guys seen yoan duran's entrance in minnesota yes yeah that's 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 right up there as one of the better ones too i think i still prefer bautista's but yeah for sure duran definitely it's cool it's fun we're from being a yankee fan clay holmes doesn't have any fun (laughs) and just want to make clay holmes walk out just be like exciting because also he (laughs) makes you have a heart attack almost every single time but just uh, do uh enter sandman I don't think yeah, anybody's used uh, that one before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mario, who? <laughs> Who's the same? But I thought that was just uh, something about your dreams. But Jake, we'll move over to you. Who was your uh, faller from the last week? Um, I'll take Josh Hader. He has been really, really good this year. He's got a 1.29 ERA, a strikeout rate of 39%, one of the best relievers in baseball this year. But it seems like luck is finally going the other way. His his workload has been pretty low this year, so we haven't really seen too much of him. He's tossed just 48 innings this year, which is crazy because Felix Bautista, who's been out for a month, is like over 60. Um, so, so that might give you a better idea there. But it, it seems like Hater is finally becoming uh, not invincible. Um hitters can touch him now. There, there was a long period of time where nobody was doing anything against him uh prior to august 30th he had not given up a run since june 7th he had not given up a run since may mm-hmm. that was the last time he gave up an earned run may 31st he gave up two earned runs he did not give up another earned run until august 30th that's a three month that's a three month timeline where he did not surrender a run pretty wild stuff that he was doing there so that's uh that's like 24 innings uh looks like 23 and two-thirds innings where he was unscored upon in the earn run department so that, that's that's pretty wild and then uh he followed up those two earned runs that he gave up on august 30th with one more on 9 11 so it, it seems like he he's not invincible anymore um he, he's still going to be really great but 
I think the lack of usage, um, yeah. the way that the Padres have been playing recently, and the fact that now he looks a little bit touchable, I think knocks him down a little bit because he's a. Uh, it seems like he's he is human after all, and we do have to keep in the back of our mind that he didn't have that blow up month that he is so used to having, either in July or August. That Rick is very famous for pointing out, um, and he he has yet to have that. So maybe that's happening in September. Okay, it could be happening in September, except he's only pitched twice. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's I forget who it was I was looking at, but there, there's some, there's some relievers that are already at like 11 innings in September. So, yeah, to, mm-hmm. he's only at two. He only, <laughs> had, he only pitched. He only had six, six point two innings in August as well. So it's. um Yeah. So eight point two in eight point two innings since August began. He has two saves since August 2nd, two saves. Um. So I, I know it's hard to predict saves, but that's, you know, it, it is what's the point of having a closer if you're not getting saves? I, I, I So, I mean, he can help ratios and strikeouts all you want, but he doesn't, if, he, if he's not getting saves, he can't be in the top five right now. So I, I only moved him down a little bit because, yeah, he's still had a really great season and he's going to get paid a ton this offseason and probably deservingly so. But, um, yeah, I'm... I don't know. I don't know what the Padres are doing. Uh, maybe they're just kind of giving them the month off and, you know, hey, good luck in free agency. Uh, yeah, know. they probably saw what happened <laughs> yeah. to Shohei and they were just like, we do not yeah. want that to happen to you. Yeah, maybe. It's, I, I don't know. It's it's just weird that he doesn't even pitch and, you know, these, even if it's not a safe situation, you still see closers pitching. It's 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 weird. Something Either something's wrong or they're just, I don't know, the Padres have just completely moved on from him at this point. I think that's just the definition of the Padres' point. Is I don't know what's going on. It's a good point. <laughs> such a disappointing season for them. All I, the way around, yeah. I, I'm very curious what's going to happen with Josh Hader. We know the Padres are good with spending money on anybody, but I'm wondering if Hader is going to be that exception, especially with what they're, how they're using him right now. But yeah. monitor that situation. He'll get paid handsomely, but I'm curious where he'll end up for next season. But the reliever I want to mention as a faller, is Andres Munoz, and I feel like every week lately we've been talking him up, talking him down, talking him up, and now yeah. he's down again. Now, he did pitch on Wednesday, pick up the save. He did pitch, uh, I believe, on Monday and pick up a save as well, but he was dealing with a hip injury that kept him out over the weekend. So I know there's a uh, Rick, you do have some concerns about Munoz at this point, just for the continuing uh, moving up and down. But it's just a reminder to uh, keep in mind the Mariners have throughout the season, throughout the recent memory used a committee approach so i wonder with the slight injury to munoz uh, that kept him out over the weekend do they go back to that committee again it it looks like he's fine uh it's good to see him get that save yesterday um but it's just yeah he's been yo-yoing up and down the list recently but i think it's like you know matt brash has been pitching really really well recently as well so yeah and like you said like seattle has gone with the committee and even if you you know, so, so their beat writers will, will, will be the first to say like there is no closer. It's you know that's there's a there's a that's a committee approach here. So um, I still think you know Munoz is option one A, but uh, Brash still I'm sure Brash will still get some saves the rest of the way and uh, does limit Munoz's value and just the injury just because he's he's only thrown forty three point two innings this year. He is you know injury prone. He he's missed time already. So it's um. Just a little, you know, you never want to see something like that. Like things like that, hip, it could definitely linger. And, you know, all of a sudden, maybe next week, it's, he has, it, it, he gets up and throws in the bullpen and it's stiff again and he's not available. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, I just think he's not, it's, he's too risky to kind of put him in the top 10 or 12 right now. Yeah, that, that's fair. And, and he did struggle to start September, but with the presence of Brash and then also with them on the way to the postseason and, and definitely wanting to save him for that, I, I think they'll definitely go easy on him so that they can have a fully healthy, strong bullpen once they get into to yeah. October. Let's take one final break and then we'll get to the sa- keep going with our sadness of followers and talk about guys we were wrong about in this season see if there's any lessons we can take away going to 2024 but take a look at that when we get back all right like we talked about last week we were right on a, a fair amount of guys we had a uh, predictions were good we you know, I was i'm fairly proud of the success rate we had but of course there were some guys who we're gonna own up to it we're not perfect i know i like to believe i am at times but 
our predictions aren't always right, as seen by me predicting the Yankees to win the American League East and all of us predicting the San Diego Padres to win the National League West. We're not going to get everything right, and it's very, very disappointing. So we'll look at some of the biggest whiffs on the season, try and see, like I said, if there's anything we can take away. And, and Jake, I'm going to let you kick it off uh, because you you know, you've like to go with them the victory lap once in a while. So we'll, <laughs> we'll humble you. Let you bring back, back self back to the light. Who's one of your biggest, or even us as a show, who's do you think is one of our biggest whiffs from the season? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if this was my biggest one, but I will start with Trevor May just because he's at the top of the list. Um, that, that one's an, it's an interesting one because if you look at the numbers, I, I, he's been pretty solid for fantasy terms. He's got a 3.61 ERA. He's got 19 saves. He's on the worst team in baseball and he's still doing that. I mean, how can you, uh, be mad about that? But, you know, I, I feel like that beside the, him being on the IL with with mental health issues, the eighteen percent strikeout rate, um, the the fact that he just walks every single person in the world uh, definitely makes it feel like it was somebody I was wrong about. I felt like he could be like a, a real sleeper, get back to being old Trevor May, and be like a legitimately good closer for this team in the first half, and then get traded. But not only did he not get traded, but he also didn't get back to being old Trevor May. I think he's been really lucky with that 3.61 ERA and the 19 saves are only because there's literally nobody else in that bullpen. So I, I do feel wrong about Trevor May getting back to being his old, uh, was he ever an all-star old self? Um, but I, I don't feel bad that he did. He probably will reach the 20 saves threshold with a yeah. sub four ERA. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. He, I mean, he's been, terrible this year but he's been okay from a fantasy perspective because yeah 20 saves he'll, he'll definitely get to 20 say he should get to 20 saves and a 3.61 era won't kill you but yeah the the 18 percent k rate to 15 percent walk rate is uh very ugly um you know not someone to look forward to to next year for sure but uh i mean 20 saves is 20 saves i guess if you're if you're in like a deep roto league you'll, you'll yeah take and that was that like and- Post pick 300. Yeah, exactly. We weren't, it's not like we were saying, like, I'll take this guy over, you know, Emmanuel Classe. It's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, lay around, lay around darts. Um, and he, you know, there were better ones for sure. But, uh, yeah, May, May is, is, a, is a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like you said, it's hard. You were saying about say definitely. And I was going to say you probably can't make any definitive uh, statements about the Oakland Athletics because let's face it, there's not too much we can predict about this team, but it's nice to know we got the save leader on that. He's been up and down. You know, I think you said it best. It wasn't a horrible call. There probably were some better late round darts we can take, but Mm -hmm. 20 saves is not, not a bad amount for a guy you've got past pick 300, but Rick, I'll let you uh, get your turn in here. Where else do you think, uh, you know, there's something else we could take away from this season in terms of uh, guys we got wrong. Uh, I'll continue on with the next guy on the list. Let's say Ronaldo Lopez because we Oof. we started to buy into that hype right away, and you know, it's it's another one where it's like, yeah, we were wrong about him from a saves aspect. Um, you know, he lost the job in Chicago relatively early on in the season, but um, he has been pitching really well lately. I, I mean, you pro- no one's probably held on to him for this long, but um, he has turned things around, and he is someone who may not so much, but R- Lopez is someone I'm very interested to see where he lands this offseason, if he can find himself on a team where save opportunities are you know, available. He, he's really turned things. It's really since he left Chicago, and you know, he's been pitching really well for, Cleveland after short stint in LA. He's been on three teams in a month, but um, he he's a uh, you know the velocity ticked up this year. That's what got us all excited. But he still had command issues early on. And he was letting up a ton of home runs, and he's kind of he's fixed both. I don't want to say fixed, but he's 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 definitely uh, alleviated both those problems. And the walks though aren't as bad as they were early on in the season. And he's not giving up you know home runs every game, so. He's uh he's looked better lately, but yeah, definitely disappointing from, you know, only having six saves on the year. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's probably going to go to whichever team Lucas Giolito goes to, since they're they're always on I the know, same team. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I feel like this one was definitely like one of the clearest ones that we got wrong, but I feel like the process wasn't wrong. Like we identified a guy that had opportunity that wasn't like going super highly in drafts mm-hmm. and, and that he made improvements over the off season to his fastball velocity, changed his, his slider grip and, uh, seemed like a guy that was on the rise because he was so good over the last two seasons. And so I think the process was there. I think that's, that's a good way that you can go about identifying a guy. And I think we just missed, I mean, just think about the feelings that we had in the opening day podcast when he came in and he was throwing a hundred miles per hour. Like it, it felt like every, we were so right. It felt like everything was coming together. And then while that didn't really last the whole season because he made all these improvements uh, in favor of, walking a ton of guys which mm-hmm. which was really detrimental to his season and after being a guy who didn't walk anybody he became a guy who couldn't really control his pitches and never really got the opportunity to save games but i, I feel like the process was there but then i mean in, in turn in, in in tandem with lopez being being wrong on Lopez meant we were wrong on Kendall Graveman because he was the guy that we were saying, you know, avoid him because Lopez is going to be the guy. And we're like all 100% sure about that. And then Graveman ended up being the guy for a while there in Chicago before landing in Houston, where he's been pretty solid with uh, Chicago. He had a 3.48 ERA and he had eight saves. It wasn't a lot of saves, but I mean, it, it was there. He was the closer most of the time. And then he's been very good in, in Houston, 3.12 ERA. The strikeout rate has ticked up nearly 5%. So uh, he, he was, I, I, fe- I don't feel bad about being wrong about Kendall Graveman, but it, it they, they do sort of go in tandem there. Yeah. I'll jump in here and uh, go for a guy that all three of us have loved. All three of us. We got the Pete Fairbanks. We'll give ourselves credit for another guy we've been loving and waiting to take over as closer that just never really panned out. And it's, it's Hunter Harvey in my mind is a, I would say a huge whip because it's it saves for nationals yippee or taking in a pickup for something five something in some drafts but you know, it maybe goes also to being wrong about Kyle Finnegan but mm-hmm. and we took the chance on a guy who just you know has a hard, hard throwing fastball on a on a bad team and it's maybe just a, a reminder in some sense to you know you could throw the darts. But just you know, keep an eye out for those uh, injured guys. You know, Finnegan's are not Finnegan. Mm. Uh, Harvey's handled some some injuries this season. He did set a new career high in appearances, and he still has looked good. Like I'm excited to see what he can do if he can stay healthy. I maybe will fall into that trap again. But uh, so uh, Hunter Harvey's one that I wanted to point out as a just based on his injury past and something like that. You know, maybe we could take something away from that with. Yeah, I, I mean. Harvey is just like if he's healthy, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be good. He's he's a he's a good pitcher when he's healthy. It's just hard to predict that with him. Um, I think Finnegan on the flip side of that, twenty five saves, three point one one ERA, uh, seven wins. I mean that's um, someone I think that might be one of our bigger misses. And yeah, again, I don't. I feel like that's gonna happen once once or twice a year at least at the very bare minimum. You're gonna have a guy. Who and and let's be honest, I think Finnegan's overachieving right now. I think yep. I think you know we could see a big, um, you know, decline from him next season, and maybe Harvey ends up closing most games. The more the more you know, getting the most saves for that team next year. So, but for this season, yeah, Finnegan. I mean, he went on our huge run in the middle of the year. He started the year mm-hmm. off horribly, then went on this massive like stretch of dominance. Um, where he wasn't striking out a ton of guys, but he wasn't, you know, he doesn't give up a ton of free ba- bags and he was getting a little bit lucky with where the hard contact was going. So, you know, it worked out 25 saves again. That's, you know, we'll definitely take that with where he was drafted, which I want to say he was in like the early 200s ADP, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, I think you take that where he was going. And yeah, I, I definitely wasn't on board. Uh, in drafts, but um, you know, I'll I'll take that I'll take that loss. I'm I'm not really I don't think that should kill your teams uh, in any format, really. 
No, I mean, I, this one's really a mixed bag because like you, you do, it is clear that Finnegan was the correct choice here, but it's not like we were wrong in taking Harvey. He did have 10 saves. He did get 17 holds. Yeah. If you're in a holds league, he does have a 2.89 ERA and a 29% strikeout rate. All of that is really good. All of that is somebody that honestly might even be worth drafting where he was taken. If, if there was a guy that you were guaranteed would have a sub three ERA and near 30% strikeout rate and 10 saves after pick like 350, I feel like that's a guy I would draft. Um, it, it just sucks that it felt like we were so close to being right when he was taking over that closer role and then he got injured and then he just lost it for the rest of the year. But uh, I feel like Finnegan is the one putting salt in the wounds because if it was just like mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody else there that was like clearly the closer and, and Harvey just never really got the chance because of the injury when he was just about to take the closer role. I feel like we would feel pretty good about this one. But the fact that Finnegan was in that same bullpen and was a guy that we were sort of avoiding because we were like Hunter Harvey's just better um, definitely makes that one hurt a lot more. But I, I feel like we weren't technically wrong about Harvey. I, I think that was a good draft pick super late in drafts to get you 10 saves in a sub three ERA. Yeah, I think you put it in a good perspective and not like Rick said, it probably stings more because we were wrong on Finnegan, but just like you said, he's so under overachieving that I feel like Finnegan's going to end up once again going to 2024 as one of our bigger fades, depending on where obviously ADP, yeah. but yeah. just you know, the saves, it seems like it's going to be an easy, easy avoid, but so we may be having this conversation again a year from now, but we'll go back over to you, Jake. Let's keep this train going. Let's uh, keep going. Somebody who you feel we were, you know, we were wrong about this season. All right. Well, I'll take the L on Michael Fulmer. Uh, this was a guy that I was, I was pumping up for a while in the off season, just because it, there was really no clear guy in that Chicago bullpen. It was sort of the, the Brandon Hughes show. And I was really against that because the Cubs didn't have any other lefties in that bullpen. So I felt like it would be weird to use him as their closer. And then everybody else in that bullpen was either unproven or unknown. And then they signed Michael Fulmer and I got really pumped about him because he had been a closer in the past. Uh, It seemed like he was making some changes in the off season with the Cubs and he looked really good in spring training. So I started to hype him up. He was going really late in drafts. Um, I, I got him in a couple places and it just really didn't pan out. He only had two saves, 4.42 ERA. The strikeouts went up, but he really hasn't been the guy that we wanted him to be. Though I do feel good that I came off that train really quickly. I got off the train and I went straight to Albert Alzali and that was the correct choice there. It took a while to come through and he obviously did end up getting injured at the end of the year, but he did make up for for that with 22 saves and a 2.71 ERA. So while Fulmer was definitely one of my clearest L's on the season, I, I feel like uh, I made up for it by really quickly transferring my love to Alzali. Yeah, I think we all, I mean, I'm surprised none of us, I know we talked, we did talk about Alzali. I think none of us predicted that Alzali would be getting saves as quickly as he did. I think we were all like, ah, it'll probably be like a, you know, a bridge guy, you know, since he's a starter turned reliever, someone who comes in early in the games. But yeah, uh, I think we were kind of on Alzali, just not in the closer role. And yeah, Fulmer did make the most sense. I don't know why. I'm not really sure why I picked Julian Mer- Merriweather to lead the team in saves <laughs> in the season, but I guess he's had a good year. So <laughs> that's prediction. Cool. yeah, I guess he's, I mean, it's just like my I mean, Arizona. I had Kevin Ginkle and he's the 65th best player in Yahoo right now. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, baby. I, we just I had the victory lap episode. I just got to take one more. Chat. I know one more and then we're going to go back to, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, if Fulmer is another, I wonder, he, he's another guy who probably gets, he could get a chance. It's closing out games next season. He's, he's going to be a free agent again. Um, he does have a little bit of history doing it, and it, it again he started off okay, and it, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for him. But um, yeah, I understand where we're coming from uh, as far as he he goes with his skill set, and um, it's going to be another one who I don't know if he's going to be a tease for us next year or if he's going to like mm-hmm. finally break through. Let's hope it's the the other way around. But yeah, uh, yeah, I was on the same train with Michael Fulmer. He was my prediction to lead the Cubs in saves and process was there. But I think the lesson I'm taking out of that is, uh, is like Jake, Jake said, be ready to pivot quickly. You know, we had our inclinations and probably again, waited too long to jump on Alzali or jump on. I, I definitely was the LDS. I was, 
even when you guys were saying, hey, it might be Oslo, I was still just like, eh, I don't know if I want to buy into this or spend fab on him. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just something I'm going to take into next season is be very uh, water when it comes to that stuff and make the, the pivots very, very quickly. Any other you know, whiffs that you want to throw out there uh, at this point? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the whole Rangers the closing situation where we were we weren't exactly like ramping up Jose Leclerc, and I've been a huge Leclerc, Leclerc guy in the past. He's been one of my favorite options and mm. for like middle to late rounds in, in years past. But this year, I was a little bit more skeptical, even though I thought he had you know like looking at that bullpen going into the season, I didn't have any faith in Will Smith, and uh, that's another one we were wrong on, or I was wrong on at I least. Thought- yeah, I thought we did good when Will Smith was signed to be like we mentioned to make it. that connection to yeah, between Bruce Bochy because yeah. I did not consider that at all. And you guys, uh, as a Giants fan, I feel like I should have been the one to to notice that. But you guys were were ahead of me on that, and I feel like just mentioning that gave that slight inkling that oh, like maybe if Will Smith does get a save early on, yes. then buy into it really quickly. But uh, we definitely weren't like preseason like. Okay, uh, we're, we're totally buying into our conspiracy theory that Bruce Bochy is going to make Will Smith the closer, and then Leclerc just really wasn't there. I, I, I think we were all on the Leclerc, Leclerc train. And while he hasn't been terrible, he really has not been like a safe plus holds guy. Seven on the season, despite tossing forty eight yeah. innings. That's that's very underwhelming. Twenty seven percent strikeout rate, three point one seven ERA is not bad. But Will Smith was definitely the clear choice here, even though he's fallen off and he's not a big strikeout guy. Twenty five percent. He does have twenty two saves, seven holds that's uh that's really valuable and if and if we had been on that earlier um i I think that would have been a huge dub for us but Mm -hmm. you know it's it was a really difficult one to buy in on and it was sort of just like that inkling of like personal uh relationships between a manager and a Mm -hmm. former player and and that's something that's really difficult to lean into um so Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's something that you can really learn from there but um it's you know sometimes you just got to trust your gut on something like that yeah and so I'll, we'll keep up with the committee approach, and I want to talk about the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, where we had oh, this full, why. the full full committee <laughs> of 2024 of 2023, excuse me, of uh, who is it going to be? Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Gregory Soto, Craig Kimbrell, and I know when we predicted it, it was back and forth. It was a lot of uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez talk, and somebody on this show, since I wasn't on last week's. Uh, Toot your horn episode. I'm going to say I predicted uh, Craig Kimbrell to lead the team in saves. Uh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> but what I'll say is we were probably, we were definitely wrong about uh, and the lesson I'd want to take away from this is when it comes to the committee approach, sometimes you want to take the, uh, the veteran guy who's done it before, but then you go further down the list and there's the veteran guy that's done it before that hasn't exactly uh, panned out. So it's a uh, <laughs> And Daniel Hudson, who I think all three of us were pretty on of a, hey, when he comes back, he could be the closer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So mm. I'm very confused in terms of how to try and approach that next season. And maybe it's just sort of a general topic rather than just uh, guys are wrong about. So, but if you guys want to weigh in on that in terms of a, hey, we were wrong about Sir Anthony Dominguez or most of us, but me, but also we were wrong about Daniel Hudson and how we, uh, you know, how we approach those sorts of uh, battles going forward. Yeah, I mean, with the, like you talk about like veteran relievers, it's really it's hard. They're the harder harder ones to predict sometimes, you know, because you know sometimes they go Craig Kimbrell, you know, they 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 could still have something left in the tank, and sometimes it's you know it's Daniel Hudson where he just can't you know get over get over an injury and uh, stay stay on the on the field. So yeah, I mean Kimbrell, it's it's and you know even with Will Smith, I think both Kimbrell and Smith both being you know older veterans they do seem to be breaking down a little bit the second half of the year i mean smith's value kind of ended at the end of july and kimbrell's still closing out games but he hasn't been as dominant as he was to begin the year but still definitely a great you know great value pick especially you know where he was going in drafts because yeah there was a lot of sir anthony hype and alvarado hype which you know alvarado if you didn't if he stays healthy probably was the guy here, but um, got to give it up to Kimbrell for um, you know, having a great season, even you know, even though there's been some struggles recently. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's really hard to take anything from either of these. I mean, someone like Hudson, I, I, I 
you guys both said that he would lead the team in, in saves, but I mean, it's <laughs> difficult because you can say like, oh, don't buy into a guy that's like injured to start the year. And then you would have missed out on both Felix Bautista and Rysel Iglesias. So it's like, yeah. that's not really uh, something that you can take in a next season. So that's sort of just one that really sucks. And and I doubt you guys were even drafting Daniel Hudson anyway, just being mm-hmm. ready for him to get activated off the IL. So, I, I mean, maybe you had spent a lot of fab when he finally got activated. But yeah, that that's not a not really one you can learn from and and the the Philly situation was just so unique rarely do you see four different guys that could be a closer or have been closers in the past in the recent past and with little inclination as to who might be the guy there and especially with the histories that each of these guys had like you have Dominguez who looks like he's back to being the the like prospect closer that he was uh in 20 that he looked like he was in 2022 prior to being injured. And then Jose Alvarado, who looked like he was finally figuring things out as a member of the Phillies and Gregory Soto, who was an all-star closer for two years. And then Craig Kimbrell, who's a hall of fame closer who looked like he was washed and really hard to take that group of guys and be like, I'm going to like put all my money on one of them and feel good about it. So like, I don't know what to take from that one either. I, I guess you could have, gone the way of, you know, I'm going to spread out my money and then get a few of them. But I, there's a possibility you go Alvarado, Soto, and Dominguez, and you still <laughs> miss out on the guy, right? So it's it's really difficult situation there. And I really don't think there's anything to take take from it because it's either you, you got it. It's like a like a coin flip, like you either got it right or you didn't, or, or you didn't buy into it because it was such a murky situation, muddy situation. But yeah, I think both of those are really weird ones to learn from in terms of L's. No, you're definitely right there, and you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a much more in-depth talk, topic, or discussion about that uh, going in, in the off season. But it's just something that, as we're looking through these, uh, that I wanted to think about and this, uh, how we could approach that uh, next season. Anybody else you guys want to highlight in terms of uh, our some of the biggest uh, losses for the season? Um. Yeah. I mean, this. Good that you brought up Hudson because Hudson was one, yeah, that I was, you know, upset about. And it's, you know, I, Phillips has been great. So I don't think he was going to, I don't think Hudson was ever going to really get a chance to close out games. But it was just weird how, like, in February and March, it's like, all right, Hudson's probably going to be, he has a chance to be back on opening day. And then it's like, all right, he's probably going to miss two weeks. And then they just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And then he comes back and gets hurt again. And it was just like, all right, this is never going to, this isn't going to happen this year, and you feel bad for the guy because he had pit. He was really underrated last season when before he blew out his ACL. I mean, it's just at that age, it's tough to you know tough to come back from certain injuries. I guess. No, that's that's very true, Jake. Anything else you want to uh, highlight with that? Uh, don't know if my audio is working. I, I can't get it to connect to my uh, ear. But Perfect. anyway. Uh, I, I think Carlos Hernandez is is a big one. Uh, we were pretty hyped about him. I think that one was fair, given that his, his stuff was really showing out, but really didn't work out with how bad the Royals were and with the uh, sort of status of, of him being pretty unlucky throughout the year. But I, I still feel good about that one. And I think that's somebody that I might be getting late in drafts next year. Definitely. And it's just... Uh a reminder to keep that up. Of course, we'll have a whole big discussion on all these guys even more as we get the off season throughout the rest of the season and lessons to take away. But this is a good, uh, good thought exercise. Something that I've had put a lot of uh, thought, I honestly thought into for the season. But uh, definitely something that is nice to uh, to think about as we wrap things up here. But that's gonna do it for this episode of In the Pen. As always, we discussed at the beginning of the show, but you can find us all in discord and pl plus as we try and wrap up the season and make those small little adjustments to help you get a fantasy baseball championship but you can always find our articles at pitchlist.com guys as always plug where you can be found on twitter any upcoming work as we uh you know, push people towards those uh those pitchlist championships uh yeah you can find me on twitter at i am rick graham um and you know just a couple more weeks you know plugging away rankings of closers and set up men so um you know looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out and then uh getting right into the offseason grind and you know seeing where people will rank on the early early rankings for next season 
Yeah, and you can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter. Um, all of my work can be found on crumplerbaseball.com. It really needs to be updated. But uh, I, I do the weekend editions of the First Pitch Podcast, which is Pitcherless Daily Podcast. It'll be running right through the end of the year. And I also do a my personal podcast called Free Baseball, which you can find on my Twitter um, or on Athletes Hub uh, on their Facebook page, The Athletes Hub, or on YouTube. The Athletes Hub. So uh, it's, a, it's a fun podcast. I also put out articles every week and write for Baseball HQ. Yeah, he's got the full the full resume. You can find me at Callen underscore Elselager. Hosting the show, hanging out in Discord, just uh, you know, trying to find those uh, small things. I'm not as uh, active in terms of uh, the writing, but I will be around and uh, you know, trying to win my championships and help uh, those who are... Uh, those who need to get their championship. So excited for this final stretch. It's weird watching September baseball and it not mattering for the Yankees and Red Sox, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll find some, some ways and we'll make these, uh, the last few, a uh, few weeks count, but it's going to be an exciting stretch. Those wild card races are nuts and I can't wait to see how uh, they end up, but you know, we still have plenty of time and there's a lot of, a lot of things that are going to change over this past week and over this next week. And I'm sure next week we'll have a whole, uh, bunch of new guys to uh to break down for uh for the rest of the season but that's gonna do it for this episode in the pen and we will talk to you next week Expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.